Go with me if you brought your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter number 13. <clears throat> We're going to look at something tonight. Um, there's two messages that uh, God has really spoken to me a lot about. In fact, I think both of them might eventually be books. Uh, but one of them is what I preached on in camp meeting, uh, the spirit of faith. And that's big on the inside. It's always there, just always there, just always, always you know, thinking about it, meditating on it. And then uh, he told me for certain settings, I'm supposed to preach it more. But, um, but then the second one is in the spirit, in the spirit. Tonight's prayer night. And uh, we're not just praying about, you know, grandma and my, my new job or my, my need over here or something like that. This is corporate prayer where we're praying corporately about the plan of God corporately. And uh, so that's, uh, it's something that we need to learn to do. But, you know, when it comes to prayer, there's John 15, 7. You know, I'm not going to go there. You don't have to go there unless you want to. But John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask what you will, it'll be done unto you. That's basing our prayer life on what the word of God says. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. So that's basing our prayer life on the word of God. A key scripture really in the New Testament for prayer. And then second of all is Ephesians 5, 18. Right after he talks about the armor of God, he says, you know, put on that whole armor, take the sword of the spirit, praying, always praying, uh, praying with all manner of prayer and supplication in the spirit, in the spirit. That's, that's the thread. If you go through, we've done it and you've, you've heard it, but through the new Testament, what we do, we do in the spirit as new Testament believers. Now that term maybe to some people means more than to others. And I'm talking about the larger body of Christ, but we need to know what it is because the Bible says we're to live in the spirit. We're to walk in the spirit. We're to pray in the spirit. We're to sing, uh, we're to, we're to, uh, be filled continually with the spirit. Um, and everything we do, we're to do it in the spirit minister in the spirit. And, uh, I think, uh, we need to talk more about it, especially when it comes to prayer. Because I'll tell you, we're not going to get the job done just praying mental prayers. It's going to take the help of the Holy Spirit. And one of the definitions of in the Spirit is under the anointing of the Spirit, by the leading of the Spirit. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, who, who's guiding us in our own spirit. So we're not praying out of our head. We're praying out of our spirits by the unction and anointing of the Holy Spirit. And there's realms of that and depths of that that we haven't tapped yet. We haven't fathomed yet. That's right. Amen. Amen. My spirit longs for fellowship over some of the places in God that I've gone. I need people along. I need, I need, I'm looking for people that are hungry enough to go there with me. (laughs) I think I found some here. Oh my, that was weak. Amen. You don't want me to just think. You want me to know. Go home and say, oh, yeah, I found some. So we, we, uh, we emphasize this in, in certain settings such as prayer times because, um, you know, we've emphasized the prayer, praying in line with the word quite extensively in the main services. But um, there's just times you get up to the edge of things and you don't know what else to say. But you know in your spirit more needs to be said, more needs to be prayed. And your spirit's not satisfied that you got a hold of it like you should. I'm not, maybe not talking about your healing, but I'm talking about things in the realm of the spirit realm. You just tell us the more that needs to be done. And your head might've come to the end of what you know, but thank God you can go beyond what you know. If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, praying in other tongues. But even praying in the spirit, praying in, 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 in the spirit does not just, it is not limited to or equal praying in tongues only in the spirit does not equal praying in tongues only in the spirit can be it by the spirit of prophecy. You can pray under inspiration saying it is saying in English what the Lord is saying. Amen. I did it this morning. Got up, just had, didn't have an unction to meditate in the Word this morning. Most mornings I do. But this morning I got up and just, I started praying. I said, man, there's something I need to pray. And I just prayed out, prayed out. I don't remember how long. And um, I got to the end of it and all, here comes in English. Everything I'd been praying about, praying it out in, in English. Well, that was in the Spirit. Because honestly, my head didn't have much to do with when I was praying in tongues. I didn't know much what I was praying about. 
But boy, I sure got enlightened. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. So uh, there's realms of this and uh, realms of being in the spirit that, that we need to learn to get into. Amen. And you don't get in there just, just a few minutes. I'm going to pray in tongues a few minutes here. You got to pray in tongues until you hit your gusher. Amen. That's right. That might only take a few minutes. You might, you might have been developed skill enough to get there in a few minutes. Or the anointing can just come on you rather than you entering into it by faith. The anointing can drop on you and you don't have to do anything to enter into it. You're already there. You just yield to it. But in the spirit, uh, if you give yourself to it, you'll go further in this. Amen. And, and you'll, 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 uh, you'll tap into gushers. You'll tap into uh, deeper flows. I think some of our Mickey Mouse moves of the spirit that we've had. Yeah, almost embarrassing sometimes. Thought we had church. <laughs> well, it sure beats where we used to be, but <laughs> come on, don't look at me. Look at the book of Acts. I mean, angels showing up, translations from one place to another, whole cities turning to the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Tongues of fire setting on people. Amen. I mean... So anyway, maybe you're satisfied, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm thankful. Thankful for what we have. Amen. But how many of you have been in some of the maybe prayer meetings or other services where things went deeper? I mean, Jesus himself showed up and started saying, that, here's what you do. Here's at, at, at your command, at your command. I mean, I just, those are marked in my, some of those, you say, what are you talking about? Well, if you weren't here, let the ignorant be ignorant still, the Bible said. <laughs> But just some things, yep. yes, some places, yes, some realms, yes, some utterances, yes, some power, yes, some revelations, yes, man, that, that are there and available to change things that otherwise would not be changed. Do it in prayer. Uh, do it at, uh, under the anointing of the Spirit to decree and speak to something. Sometimes it's special faith. We need to learn to get into all these flows, all these moves of God. Amen. Now, maybe some people don't talk about everything. I don't talk about everything. So I got to qualify what I'm getting ready to say. But I, I'm looking for more people to come tell me they're having a move of God in their prayer time. Amen. For most Christians, their prayer time is the biggest, biggest area of struggle in their faith life. And I'm not saying that that's always, uh, that's, not, that's not something that all of us have to, because the most struggle, the most struggle is getting out of our head, getting into the spirit. Amen. And uh, we need to do that more often to where it doesn't take us as long to get there because we're so accustomed to doing it that, I mean, you, you just sense a little unction and you just... There I am. Amen. That's right. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Woo, here we go. I mean, you're, you're going to places and de dealing with things and addressing things. And, yeah. Hallelujah. But a lot of people, I'm talking about Christians and, as the body of Christ as a whole. As a whole you start talking about uh, praying under the anointing of the Spirit. Uh, you start talking about getting into the Spirit. You ta start talking about going places in the Spirit. You start talking about praying something out. You start praying, talking about praying until you have a note of victory. You start talking about uh, just things that like that along that line. Groaning in the spirit, travailing in the spirit. They look at you like you're talking to them in some language from Mars. It's like people talking to me about algebra. I was like, okay, you know. When you said, hi, my name's so-and-so, that's the last thing I understood, you know. <laughs> but you start talking about the things of the Spirit, some people glaze over. You know what I mean by glaze over? Well, see, it, it, you know, we're all developing. And, you know, these things, they, it takes time for us to develop in the things of the Spirit, especially in prayer. Um, and, and just helps you to get around other people of the Spirit, to be honest with you. 
I said, to be honest with you, it helps you to get around other, other people of the Spirit. Yes, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, um, you know, don't be discouraged if you don't arrive there overnight uh, and you don't recognize the flow of the Spirit in prayer. I mean, I've been in prayer meetings back at Rhema. I remember being in prayer meetings where uh, the, the leaders got up and said, let's pray. You know, taught a little bit or something and then said, let's pray. And they started praying as if they, get, they all went and got on a bus and went somewhere. And I didn't know where, I didn't know where they went. I can still see their body, but they're somewhere else. In fact, I didn't even know where, 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 was the, where did the bus stop to get on. I didn't even know quite sure. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Am I in the right company? But it's not that way like it used to be. Amen. Now I can tell you the bus is coming. I can tell you where it's going to stop. And I can tell you we're going somewhere and it's going to be good. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But I've carried a lot in my spirit along this line and I'm looking for some fellowship about it. Amen. Somebody hungry enough to be interested enough to get to, to want to know more about it. And when the Lord said to me, I want you to uh, train this congregation in the things of the Spirit and give you a new assignment to do that, boy, that's just like saying sick them to a dog to me. Forget about all the natural things. All the, I got a lot of natural blessings, but boy, I'm telling you, when it comes to comparing natural blessings to getting into realms of the Spirit and moving with God, participating in what He's doing, pff, sign me up for that. Amen. Remember, uh, you're, you're, you went there to that verse I told you, whatever that was. But <laughs> yeah, Remember the Bible said in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, don't be ignorant. He doesn't want us to be ignorant about right. things that pertain to the Spirit. Right. Well, you know why God tells us not to be ignorant about certain things? Because that's the area most people are ignorant about things. That's right. That's right. Amen. God doesn't want us to be ignorant about that's certain right. things. You can't participate in something you're ignorant about. Amen. Well, there's two kinds of... There's two kinds of knowledge. There's textbook knowledge, and then there's experiential knowledge. I learned from Brother Hagin things of the Spirit. He'd sit, he'd, he'd, in, in Bible school, he'd teach us, or at seminars sometimes, and I'd say, I, I see that. I see that in the Word. And then he would demonstrate, and I'm going, oh, hey, now I, I understand a lot better. But still didn't understand like I did whenever it started moving on me, and I yielded to it, stepped into it, and I'm going, oh, now, now. Now it's not just what Brother Hagin taught me. Now I've experienced this for myself. Amen. God wants us to have Bible experience in line with the Word. Not, not in line with our thinking or not in line with some spiritual experience out there in la-la land. Some weird stuff, but, but in line with the Word. Well, don't get discouraged if you don't mature in this overnight and learn to recognize the spirit of prayer. And get into it overnight. I mean, we're all developing in this. So don't get discouraged. Um, because th there's so much. I don't believe there has to be a single another accident in anybody's life at Spirit of Faith Family Church. Or another premature death. Or another anything. Bankruptcy, divorce, anything. Now, it takes two, you know, to walk in love, you understand. But, but I really, I believe there's things that the Spirit of God yearns over, certain, thing, certain things that He wants to change. Doesn't want it to go that direction. Amen. Amen. And so He'll look for somebody, He's looking through the earth, find somebody to pray about that. He doesn't want that to go that direction. Praise the Lord. Are you available? Anybody available? Praise God. So... You don't start out and developing in spiritual things one week, and next week you graduate. No more than you start out in kindergarten one week at, down to school and graduate in 12th grade that week or the end of the year. You, it, it's a process. And you have to learn, be willing to let God work with you and develop you in spiritual things. And it includes developing your spirit. Developing spiritually takes time, just like developing mentally or developing physically. You don't spank your child. He's born one week, and next week, he's not, if he's not 17, next week, acting like a full-grown full teenager. You don't spank him. So we're not spanking anybody here tonight. But I am saying I'm looking for some fellowship along some lines. And I want to I bring you along. So 
Amen. Now, in, in your walk developing these things, you might miss it at times. It might be, you know, you thought, you thought it was the Holy Ghost. Come to find out it wasn't the Holy Ghost at all. Well, I mean, you don't, you don't quit just because you miss it. You've all, many of you have had children, and whenever they're born, they start growing, and eventually they start crawling, and then they pull themselves up and hold themselves up. Eventually they take a step, and then eventually they let go, and then you know, they will start walking, right? Well, the first time he took his first step, let go of the, you know, nightstand or whatever he's holding on to, let go and took a step and then plunked on his bottom. You didn't pick him up and spank him. No, you, you, can, you recited about him taking a step. <laughs> Amen. So that's the way I want to approach this tonight. Praise God. I don't want you to hear what I'm getting ready to share critically. I want you to hear it uh, in the spirit of what I just said. Hallelujah. And you don't develop in spiritual things only by teaching on it. You have to, you have to start uh, exercising yourself in spiritual things. You have to start catching the cues of the Spirit. If you want to develop in the inner witness, it's not just listening to teaching on the inner witness. You have to start looking to your Spirit, and then whenever you receive an inner witness, follow that prompting. And when you follow it and you step into something supernatural as a result of it, you go, ah, I learned something. I, I learned to recognize something that maybe for years I've just overridden thinking I don't know what that is. Oh, and then you're, then you're developing. Hallelujah. And as you learn to recognize cues in prayer, the witness of the Spirit to pray, uh, what will happen will be, your, and, and, you, and you start responding to it, you'll get into flows of the Spirit. You cannot go into the Spirit any other way than by the anointing and the leading of the Spirit because trying to operate in the Spirit apart from the anointing or leading of the Spirit is dangerous. You'll get into uh, flowing, you know, responding to demons. You can't go into the Spirit by yourself. You have to go in by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. And the more you do that, the more skilled you become. And the more dominant your spirit man becomes. And the less dominant your head becomes. And, and that's the main reason most, most people, most believers, even Christians, even spirit-filled believers, they don't get much, they don't operate much in the spirit because their head's dominating them. Now, we have things in our day that we need to be tending to and our mind needs to be engaged into. You understand? But yet, right on the other hand, when it comes to the things of God, you've got to unhook from that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I haven't even gotten started yet this evening. But um, if you don't learn to do this, and I don't learn to do this, our life's not going to look like God intended it to look. And our church is not going to look like God intended it to look. Our, 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 uh, our own, our, the ministry is not going to look like it should. It's going to look deficient. Because praying this way, Philippians 1 says, what is that? Verse number... 19, I'd have to look it up again. It's been, been a while. But it talks about making a supply of the Spirit available. I know this will turn to my salvation through your prayer, even the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Is that 119? So there's this kind of prayer makes a supply of the Spirit available. And when a supply of the Spirit is available, then you've got the impetus to get through some things, past some things, over some things, into some things. That otherwise you won't really walk in. Yeah. Right. Amen. Amen. So, hallelujah. hallelujah. So this really is part of the way life is transformed. Yeah. We talk about the transformation through the renewing of the mind, and that's huge and important. But listen, there's a lot of things your mind doesn't know, even from the Word, yeah. unless you pray in the, other, in the other tongues and the Holy Ghost teaches you. The Holy Ghost teaches you. Not you sat in a service and somebody talked about it. You're not, you didn't learn it because somebody talked about it. But you can sit in a service and the Holy Ghost starts sharing with you what the preacher said. Now you're really learning it. Especially when you walk in it. Amen. And uh, these things are for our profit. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says these manifestations are for the profit of our lives, our church, our future. Amen. I'm just telling you. Uh, some things are some things that are getting that are go, some directions our nation is going is not the plan of God. It's not the plan of God. Amen. Amen. Anyway, so 
Um, that's, that's, we'll just leave that there. And you're in where, where do I have you go? Second Corinthians. Corinthians. Amen. Amen. I'll say this while, while I'm getting back over there, that when you have a cue of the spirit, we'll just call it that tonight. When you have a cue of the spirit and, um, like a, like a prompting. We went through different cues of the Spirit in times past, teachings about how the inner witness, how the Spirit of prayer comes sometimes. And sometimes you're just, you just have a burden for somebody. We say burden. I don't mean it's a depression. I'm not talking about a heaviness from the devil. I mean, somebody's really on your heart. I'll never forget one time I was, I was down, this was years ago in the other house. I'm, I'm down in the basement. I'm, I'm Saturday or something, someday where I was just doing bills and paying, paying electric bills, stuff like that, you know, taking care of a bunch of stuff like that. I'm down there doing all that. And, and somebody was just on my heart, just, just really on my heart. And uh, I had prayed for them and been praying for them, but they just, while I'm working there, came on my heart again. And I'll never forget it. I was writing out a check for, I don't know, something, electric bill or something. And I'll never forget it. I came to myself and I'm in, and I realized I've been sitting here with the pen on the check halfway written for a couple of minutes. Not in a trance, just so caught up with what was on my heart about. You know what I'm talking about? And I I came to it and realized, oh, I've been sitting here for, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about? I don't know. I don't know why I even said that, but I'm just saying those are sometimes cues. That's why I said that. Cues. What do I mean? Cue. I mean, like you were, like whenever you were in high school, elementary school, or whatever, and you were, you were playing, you were in the Wizard of Oz play, and you were Tin Man, and you were supposed to come in from one side of the stage, and somebody was back there giving you a cue when it's time for you to go in. That's what I mean by cues. Somebody smile at me so I know you're getting it. <laughs> anyway, all right. So, 2 Corinthians 13, 14, Amplified Version. He said, the grace, favor, and spiritual blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the presence, get this, and fellowship, the communion, and sharing together, and participation in the Holy Spirit. Oh, that jumped off the page at me today. Participation in the Holy Spirit. Oh, be with you all. Amen. So be it. That's the Amplified. This, notice the King James brings out more of the King, Amplified, I mean, the, uh, the Amplified brings out more of what the King James said. King James just said the fellowship. Or no, it said communion, I think. But it's the same Greek word translated fellowship. So the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Some of the most precious words in the New Testament. Communion of the Holy Ghost. Now that's not just reading your Bible. That's, that's fellowshipping with the Father over what he's saying to you from the Bible, but the Holy Spirit is just breathing on it. Just, and you're communing with God over it. And uh, this is something that you and I have, this fellowship of the Spirit, something that you and I have, first of all, with God, but it's also to be with others in the body of Christ. The communion of the Spirit. I'm talking about others that are hungry for the same things you're hungry for. Hungry for in the spirit. Some Christians aren't hungry to be, to be, uh, to flow in the spirit. They're hungry to live a mental life, a natural life. There's nothing. My wife and I enjoy great blessings financially, but there's nothing that has any meaning to it apart from our spiritual lives. If our hearts weren't satisfied in the things of God because we have fellowship with God, and I don't just mean we just commune with God over it. I mean we participate in what the Holy Ghost is doing and our part in it. Nothing we have naturally would mean anything. In fact, we would get out of here real quick. You know what I'm talking about? When your spirit's not satisfied, nothing seems right. Nothing seems, nothing's enjoyable. Nothing's even has any meaning. But boy, when your spirit's satisfied, 
because not only are you where you belong, but, but that morning you got up and spent an hour and a half flowing in the Holy Ghost. He's showing you things, praying things out. You changed your, your, your mama's uh, situation where she's not going to die prematurely this, this morning because you prayed that out. Amen. And after you, and, this, and the anointing lifts off of you, woo, I'm going to have me a day now, man. Because <laughs> your spirit's satisfied. Because you've had fellowship with the Holy Ghost. That fellowship includes participation. Participation. That, that's what jumped off the page at me today. Amen. So fellowship really is communion, but it includes Enjoying and sharing the things of God together with God, Amen. with the Holy Spirit. But that's, that's first. But secondly, with other believers. You look at the book of Acts. There are people, individuals in the book of Acts that God anointed and they moved with God you know, as an individual. But there are, there are records or uh, accounts of congregations together in one accord, moving with the Holy Ghost. And that anointing was stronger than anything else you see in the book of Acts. Amen. That's, right. That's them fellowshipping together and participating in what the Holy Ghost was doing together. Together. Not, in other words, just not one person, but all of them flowing together. Amen. And uh, that's, what, that's what we're pressing for. That's what we're reaching for here. To where we form a corporate house in, un in unity yeah. Yeah. and all of us in one accord. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. 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 And it's no longer like herding ducks yeah. to get everybody in one accord. Yeah. Yeah. Let's pray. And some of them are counting lights and some of them are looking at their watch and some of them are thinking, man, I sure am hungry. I'd like to get out of here. Yeah. Amen. No, all of us in one accord. Caught up, Caught up. in the spirit. Amen. So anyway, uh, fellowship, it mean, includes sharing it together with other believers. Amen. Our spirits need to participate together with God, uh, not just individually, but together as a body, as a, as a body. Of, not just our body, but as the larger body of Christ can flow. You can't fellowship with people over things they don't, you know, how can two walk together except they be agreed? If they don't understand it and they don't agree with that and they don't think that's the Holy Ghost and so forth and so on, you cannot participate. They cannot participate with us in those things. You understand what I'm talking about? You ever gotten around some of your relatives you haven't been around since Christmas last year? And all they want to talk about is natural things. All they think about is natural things. They don't have any idea what the Holy Ghost is saying, what he's doing, and they haven't been flowing with him, participating in it. I mean... You don't even try to go there spiritually. You just talk about the kids and talk about the weather and get bored after about five minutes and go find something else to do. You're closer to people of the spirit than you are people of the natural, even flesh and blood relatives. Don't get mad at me. You know it's the truth because friendship and relationships in the natural are over natural things, but fellowship. That's a different thing. That's not friendship. That's deeper than friendship. And uh, it has to do with what's going on in our hearts. And so we can enjoy things of the Spirit together with other people of the Spirit and, uh, uh, and work together with God in those things. And so that's what my Spirit's calling out for. I want this congregation to go together. Amen. I'm actually longing for people to fellowship over things of the Spirit and, and what I'm experiencing in God. I don't like to have to tell you this, but I'm sharing less and less of what's going on in my life spiritually with the congregation. I don't like to have to say that because I'm, I'm going into some deeper places. I'm not trying to compare or, or be braggadocious about it. I'm just simply, that's just the facts. I don't talk about it with much anymore. I need to find somebody whose spirit runs deep enough to fellowship with about it, who's, who, who even knows what we're talking about. Now, people can take that however they want to take that braggadocious. That's their problem. I've proven myself over all the years that that's not who I am. But I do long. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Praise God. And, and for people who can talk about it and still honor it. Yes. You know, it's like casting your pearls before swine sometimes. You, you start sharing it, and they just change the subject, start talking about something carnal and something that means nothing. And you're like, okay, I'm taking my precious things, and I'm going to put them back in my heart, and I'm not going to say anything about it around you for a while until you show me your, you know, I'm going to cast, Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine. So, um, I'm looking for that. Praise God. Hallelujah. I've had times, I'm not trying to be critical. I said already the spirit that I want you to take this in. But I've had times where there's great strong moves of God in the service. And afterwards, in the back there, people go by. And the only thing anybody said on the way out was something about natural things. I just about couldn't stand it. I almost just left and went back to the office. What happened in the service to me was precious. Amen. And, and, and I guess maybe, I don't know. Maybe some people are intimidated. I don't know. Maybe, I don't, maybe I'm not interpreting it right. Maybe they don't understand or something. But anyway, I'm looking for some fellowship. Amen. Especially about the things of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. It would satisfy my spirit greatly. <laughs> um. um it's really only through fellowship. Now, let me, let me go over here this verse, participation. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. We've got to wrap, wrap this part up. Participation in the Holy Ghost. That stood out to me today. Participation. Participation in the Holy Ghost means we're taking part in some, some venture that the Holy Ghost is working on or experiencing it together with someone else. We're experiencing it with the Holy Ghost. You understand what I'm talking about? There's, there's, there's participation with the Holy Ghost, but there's participation together with the Holy Ghost. That's what happened in Acts, Acts in a couple of places. Acts chapter number four, they were all with one accord in one place suddenly. They all participated in that flow of the Holy Ghost together. Together. I don't want to feel like I'm all alone in the Spirit sometimes. I don't want to feel like that. Leaders can feel that way if congregations don't know enough about things of the Spirit that they're flowing in. And we're responsible to teach them, so we have to bring them along, not, not condemn them, but bring them along. Amen. But I'll just tell you, the larger body of Christ, it's embarrassing how little people, I'm not, I'm not talking about this congregation, but how little things of the Spirit most people know anything about. So we got to train people. Yes. Amen. The Holy Ghost has got some ventures he's got to work on. He's got some things he's yearning over, some people he's yearning over, some of the plans he has for different groups together to get them into, different moves of God, different operations and development of the ministry, reaching more people, different outreaches and things he wants us to do. And, and he needs that to be prayed out and he needs us to participate with him in it, but he needs us to participate together sometimes because that'll be a greater anointing than, than just individuals praying by themselves. But that's scriptural, all of us praying by ourselves. Amen. And, uh, so this, this together part, this participation part, God needs people who participate with him in this new era. Amen. And so those who lead in this era also need people who will participate with where God's taking them. Amen. Amen. We need people who will participate with us. In the things of the Spirit. Yes, Amen. Now, I'm just going to say some things I haven't said, all right? Uh, you don't want your pastor or your leaders or those over you in the Lord, and I'm talking to myself as well. I don't want this for Pastor Nancy or others over me in the Lord. I, you don't want them to feel alone, like, like you're sharing things that people don't they have interest in or don't know what you're talking about. Amen. It's just a uh, thing. You don't want to... You know, Jesus in the garden there, I believe in, in Matthew 26, Jesus was, you know, he said, watch and pray. Remember, he said, uh, he, he brought all 12 of, well, Judas eventually left, but um, they, he brought them there to the garden, and then he took three of them a little bit further, 
Remember that? Yes. And then he, took, he went himself a little bit further. Came back and found them sleeping. Remember that? Yes. And he said, watch and pray. I need you to, in other words, he was feeling alone. You understand what I'm talking about? He's looking for someone to enter into the fellowship of the Spirit in prayer over what God was doing in his life right then. And it was a big deal. It was affecting them. It wasn't just, well, that's you. You need to pray. No, this is all of us. This affects all of us. What Jesus was getting ready to do affected them big time. Yeah, it was their redemption. His shed blood on the cross was their redemption. But it was the transition from them following him on the earth to them being the ones on the earth leading it. Of course, they're under him in heaven, but you understand. And this is a big deal here. Watch and pray. He was feeling alone. And he needed somebody to enter into fellowship of the Spirit with him over the things God was doing. And he must have felt alone in the things of the Spirit, particularly at that time. Or he sensed the need for help. That's what I sense sometimes. Remember I told you about waking up and praying so much at nighttime, and I said, Lord, if it'd be all right, I'd like to get some sleep. Well, that means I need some help. And I don't mean little God bless me before you go to bed prayers. I mean, get out of here, you know. (laughs) Amen. I need some help, some assistance. I need somebody else to pray some things out. 1 Kings 19, 14 is another verse. You can just write it down. I'll refer to it. won't turn to it. I think you know the story of Elijah. He, he had a showdown on the Mount Carmel, and Be- prophets of Baal couldn't get fire to fall. He got, he, the fire fell for him. And then he had a, line, a prayer line with a sword in his hand, cut their heads off. Prophets of Baal. Aren't you glad for the New Testament? <laughs> Sometimes I long for those old days, but anyway... <laughs> Don't look at me in that tone of voice. You've cast those same thoughts down. But then he, uh, you know, he said, go up, Ahab, go up. There's a sound of abundance of rain. Then he went up and prayed and prayed the rain down. (laughs) He's having a good day. (laughs) And the rain came and he said, get up, sound of abundance of rain. It, It started pouring. And then the next day, uh, Ahab told Jezebel about what he did to his, her prophets. Yeah. And uh, 400 of them cut their heads off. And yeah. he said, uh, Jezebel sent a message. She said, well, to, the Lord do so to me and more if I don't have your head off by tomorrow. Yeah. So he took off running. Right. Remember that? He's running. And he, falls, he gets tired and falls asleep under a tree of some kind. And wakes up, wakes up and an angel's there had cooking, cooking dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I don't know if they had corn on the cob, but they had steak. <laughs> and so he ate and fell back asleep. And the angel woke him up again, said, the, the, the journey's too long for you. He's on his way to Mount Horeb another 40 days. And he went in the strength of that, 40, that those two meals, 40 days and 40 nights. Whew, man, if you could buy that and patent it. So, but he's out there and God said, what are you doing over here, Elijah? And he said, I've been the only one left. I'm the only one. I'm jealous over the Lord. You know, nobody else is serving God. I'm, so, but, but, and, and God said, no, there's more than just you. There's more than just you. So some of that can be wrong thinking, but yet and you can see where he said he feels alone. He shouldn't have had to feel alone. Somebody should have been there and say, you know, I don't need anything from you right now. I know everybody else is a thumbsucker, but I don't need anything from you right now. I just want to be here to, 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 remember the Bible said, Paul said there was a man came and refreshed his spirit, refreshed his spirit. Hallelujah. This, through some sort of fellowship, somebody knew something about what Paul was talking about and he, and he got it and he came and he said, man, what you're preaching is so good. I'm understanding this and I'm understanding it. And Paul's going, man, that's refreshing. Somebody else understands what I'm talking about. Woo, glory to God. Ministers need that. They need somebody to don't, don't get all down if you have a need. That's not the point. But the point is ministers need somebody that just don't need anything. They just refresh. They just, they just can flow with them. If they're, if they're driving down the road and, and the spirit of prayer falls on them, they don't look at you like, what happened to you? They can just say, if it gets too strong, just pull over to the edge of the road. Yaka pasha Boy, that's refreshing. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. Ah, Thank God. 
So did you get those two verses? Jesus in the garden felt alone. He, he, he sensed the need for help in spiritual things. Not just helps ministry. The helps ministry's name, that's help in the spirit if it's done right. But yet on the other hand, helps ministry can do all the natural things, but come to church and say, it's time to get into the spirit. And they just look at you like, I don't know. It's just like you're talking about algebra to me. <laughs> Amen. So, praise God. So, God's provided a means that our spirits can have fellowship with Him. But, there's a whole other realm of fellowship with Him together with other people. That takes unity of spirit and a connection in the heart of honor. It takes, it takes a, a depth of spirit. It takes interest. This is, you should be saying, that's me. I'm interested. I'm going deeper. I honor the move of God. I'm telling you, the kind of anointing that I, I have been there a couple of times, but the kind of anointing that would have changed an election in this nation fell in one of our prayer services way back 2015 or something like that. Whatever. No, no, and no, it was more recent than that. It was this last election. And, and uh, because there was disunity in the congregation, the anointing whoosh, lifted off of me and I almost went, oh, Lord. I said, what was that? He said, there's too much unbelief in the room. What was getting ready to happen was going to create a division in this congregation. I'm just telling you, you've been here, you, some of you were here and you, you knew what was going on. Too much unbelief. The way the Spirit was going to move, some would not have accepted it. The Lord would, it was protecting our unity. <laughs> well, praise God. I haven't talked like this sometimes, but it's time to have, have some big, big, big boy talks. We're growing up now. Amen. Amen. Pastor, Pastor Ike, am I preaching all right? Yes, sir. That's all the better I'm doing? Yes, sir. Oh, okay, good, good, all right. <laughs> Praise God. So it's one thing to flow as an individual. It's a whole other thing to flow as a corporate body. It takes unity. It takes faith. It takes honor for what God's doing. It takes interest. Everybody interested? Brother Hagin said it's easier to get large, excuse me, small crowds into unity than it is large crowds. We ought to be able to do it. Yes, sir. Amen. Why is fellowship of the Spirit so rare? Well, there's a lot of reasons why. But we ought to ask, why, why don't I have more of it? Praise the Lord. Amen. Genesis 2, 18, God said, it's not good that man be alone. I'm going to create for him a help meet or suitable for him. And so God created man in his image, very capable of fellowshipping with God in the spirit. But he still said, it's not good for man to be alone. I mean, you think, man, he's got God, fellowship with God and all that. What else do you need? Apparently, man's spirit was created for something more than that. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, what else could we need besides fellowship with God? Fellowship with one another. Yes. Fellowship Amen. with one another. Amen. Apparently, God said we need that. Our spirit was created to need that because he said, after, even though he's created in the image of God, fellowship with God, he could approach God, and God would come in the cool evening. Cool, I think he came morning and evening, but anyway. Uh, but so uh, he could do all that. God said, it's still not good for him to be alone. Yeah. In other words, for him to be alone in fellowship with me is not enough. His spirit has a capacity for more than that. And that is to fellowship with other people who have fellowship with God. And to participate with other people as they participate with what God's doing. God never created such a thing as Lone Rangers. Even if they have a Tonto. You know what I'm talking about. We know there's some in the body of Christ. They got a Tonto or two. <laughs> yeah, praise the Lord. So that's what he said. So that's, that's a very interesting thought. 
He's in the midst of luxury. That's what the word Eden means, luxury. He's in the midst of paradise, a beautiful place, a place of supply. I mean, he's not wanting anything, and yet he, and he has fellowship with God on top of all that. And God still said he still has something. He has, a, he has a need in his spirit for something even more than that. I don't understand certain Christians that they don't need fellowship with other Christians. Something's wrong. Something's, something's not right in their spirit. They want to be all alone all the time. Amen. So this is not just about financial blessings. I mean, you can have seven houses, 14 cars, 32 yachts, and, and, you know, properties all over the world. But if you have no one to share it with, you're the only one all the time, all by yourself, no, share it with nobody else. Come on, somebody. Life is meant to share with other people, and God is meant to share. We're, meant, we're created to fellowship with other people, and not just over our hobbies or things in the natural we enjoy. Nothing wrong with hobbies, but, but my point is, unless you have fellowship with the Spirit, that's real sur- surface, superficial. It doesn't satisfy. Amen. And that's all true. Amen. And that's the way God is. God wants to fellowship with us. And he wants us to participate in what he's doing. So um, the Amplified says it's not good for man to be alone. It says good, sufficient, satisfactory. Um, It means uh, I'll create a help meet or suitable, adaptable to him. So to do this means we have to adapt to one another. Just like a husband and wife have to do some adapting, especially the wife, but, but the husband. No, I'm, no, don't laugh at that. But, but the husband does too. I'm not saying it doesn't, it's not one or the other. But he said here it's the wife that has that kind of grace. Don't laugh at that. There, there's, a, there's things a man has to adapt to too. So don't, don't go out of here making me say something I didn't say. But, but, but in a body to fellowship together, all of us have to do some adapting. And I'll tell you who has to do the most adapting. The ones that are less mature. Yeah. I said yes. Amen. Amen. So, um, praise the Lord. This is accomplished by, you know, Philippians 2, 1 through 2, and then verse 20. You can write that down. Philippians 2, 1 through 2, and verse 20. Paul talked about... Uh, Timothy, who was like-minded, he said, I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. And uh, he talked there about, he's talking about spiritual things. And uh, in order for us to be in unity, we have to be like-minded about spiritual things. Amen. Paul didn't adapt to Timothy and become like-minded with Timothy. Timothy became like-minded with Paul. Because Paul was the most mature and he had the most revelation from God. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'll just be honest. I mean, it's, it's best to marry somebody who's as mature as you are. But, but if, if, if they're not, that doesn't mean it won't be God. As long as they're just as hungry as you are. It can work if they're just as hungry. But in that case, if one's much more mature than the other... The one that's going to have to do the most adapting is the one that's less mature. That could go both ways. That could go both ways. Amen. So in a, in a church, the pastor is to bring people up into the way he thinks and the way he sees things in the spirit because of his position in the spirit. Amen. But, uh, and so the congregation should begin to adapt to what he's teaching from the word. Not just, not just his preferences. But, but from, into what the flow of his spirit. How does his spirit flow? What's he hungry for? What's he preach on? What's he, what's he saying, I'm hungry for fellowship of the spirit over? You know, I'm talking about things of the spirit tonight. In, being in the spirit. And so adapt to a life in the spirit. That's just New Testament. That's nothing being weird, you know, acting like some, you know, I don't even want to use some of the terms people use. 
Just talking about adapting to the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 So uh, Brother Hagin said when Dad Goodwin died, anybody ever heard of Dad Goodwin? He was sort of Brother Hagin's pastor. He said at his funeral, he was the only man who understood my office. In other words, Dad Hagin was sensing the aloneness in the spirit without Dad Goodwin there. You don't want anybody to be like that. You don't want any leader to be, to, to be experiencing that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, did you get anything out of that? Yes, sir. You and I often become closer to, to people of, of spirit, the spirit and spiritual things than we do even our natural families. And that's not wrong. Listen to me. Jesus himself was closer to those who were following what he was leading them into. His family thought he was nuts. One time they wanted to, he's in a meeting, he wanted, they wanted him to come out and talk to him. He said, and they said, your family's out there. He said, Here, the people that are following the things of God, they're my family. Boy, they got mad at him. Amen. But see, they can come in just like him. Amen. See, some people don't want to. So you can't have fellowship over things that you don't agree on. You're not hungry for. Some people, all they want to talk is about natural things. I can talk about it for a while, but after a while, I just got to get away. Amen. Tell your neighbor. Hallelujah. Amen. You can only have fellowship over things you agree on. So praise the Lord. Stand up with me. Praise God. Fellowship is only possible with faithful people too. Sometimes I'll, I'll say things to certain ones. And I'll say, now, um, I'm just saying this to you. I'm not asking you to tell anybody else this. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, why would you do that? Well, same reason Jesus did that. <laughs> Amen. It was for them. It was for their training. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. So um, sometimes young ministers, spiritual sons, spiritual daughters, I'll say, no, I want to talk to you about this particular doctrine or this particular teaching and, and what's going on in the body of Christ. Yes, sir. And so-and-so is preaching this. And I'll say, I'll follow that man in certain areas, but I won't follow him in the office of the prophet. And I'll explain to him why. I might not say all that in public. It's not necessary for everybody to know it. Amen. <laughs> but certain things, certain settings need to be said. We're going to have two more mentoring classes for those that are called to the ministry this year. Because I got so much. God talks to me so much about ministering to ministers. I got to have an outlet for some of these things. <clears throat> Amen.